You're listening to KCBP Community Radio on 95.5 FM and streaming on kcbpradio.org. This is Women of the Valley, where we examine the issues, stories, organizations, and people important to women in our community. We're your hosts, Leah Hassett and Linda Scheller. Today, I'm at Old School Iron. I'm so pleased to be talking with Karen Hurley and Christina Covello. Let's start with you, Karen. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and powerlifting? Um, well, my name is Karen Cronian Hurley, and I live in Modesto. And I, uh, specifically about training and working out and that sort of thing, I'm 66 years old. And I started weight training and conditioning at the age of about 52. And I worked with a trainer at actually another big commercial gym in town. Uh, and that was terrific. Um, weight training, lifting, conditioning, you know, cardio, some cardio. And then she went on to another career, uh, which, you know, person, a girl has to have a dream. And so I started looking for something else to do more intense, and I found Old School Iron, which at the time was Stanislaus Strength and Conditioning, uh, now Old School Iron. Um, we'll call it that from now on. But I just went there and started learning about powerlifting. And that's really why we had you come. We asked you to come and talk to us because it's we're, I'm excited about it. It's a thing that is sort of, I think, a new up-and-coming thing for women. Um, and so why not? Hi, I'm Christina Quevedo. Um, I am one of the co-owners here at Old School Iron. I have been powerlifting going on two years now. Um, initially, when we first opened, I was doing more of a um, hybrid, kind of a boot camp style training and um, got introduced to powerlifting. Uh, initially, I was a little, uh, a little bit scared to get into powerlifting. You see the weights, you get intimidated. And everything but um, once I tried it it pretty much changed everything I stopped doing the boot camps and went straight to powerlifting and um, it's a sport that really encourages not only um, women of a young age of any age it, um, it um, makes you comfortable you're able to come into the gym and feel like um, how would you put it, like maybe one of the guys in the gym, they treat you the same. Yeah. Um, they, don't look, uh, they don't look at you like you're less than, they treat you as an equal. If you have any questions, everybody in the gym is more than happy to help you out. Um, and like I said, it's a sport for any age. I started when I was, well now I'm 43 years old, but um, two years ago when I did start, I, uh, I didn't really even want to be in the gym. I had a fear of coming in, everybody watching and um, judging me. And the sport is the complete opposite. You feel comfortable, you're not judged in any way, it's very supportive, it makes you feel good about yourself, and that's what we want to do in powerlift. And we want to uplift and keep women um, strong and aware that they can do anything in any sport, just like a man can. So that's why we're here. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm a 
relative ignoramus about powerlifting <laughs> or any kind of lifting. So could one of you explain what's the difference between weightlifting and powerlifting? I'm not an expert. I will speak from my own experience to say that when I was weight training, I used a lot of machines and some free weights and body weight exercises. So that's push-ups, crab walks, sit-ups, uh, you know, there's just all, when you go into the gym, there's just all kinds of machines there that do every, that will help you work every muscle. I think weightlifting in general is not heavy, heavy weight. It's more lower weight, more repetition. Hmm. So you're still working on building muscle. I, um, uh, you're still working on building muscle, but it's not heavy lifting. So when you talk about power lifting, and I could be, I, if there's anybody out there that really knows this, this is going to sound really like amateur. I don't, I don't know. But I think that the big difference is that with power lifting, it's heavy weight. So in all my time of weight lifting, weight training, I don't think I ever did a bench. Well, I did do bench presses, not heavy. I never did a deadlift. I never did a squat. And those are the three main lifts in the powerlift sport. Um, so I guess I would, that's what I would say about what is the main difference. I mean, every sport has its own rules and guidelines and all that. Powerlifting has one. There's two organizations in the States. Correct me, Christina, if I'm wrong. There's USPA, which this gym is USPA certified. And then I think the other one is USPL. And those are the two in the States. There's other um, federations in Canada, UK, whatever. Um, so they set the rules. Mm -hmm. And the rules are very specific around how you lift, what you wear, um, the rules about um, you know how it's judged, all that. So I guess that would be my way of saying the key difference. Well, thank you. That, that makes a lot of sense to me now. Could you... Describe what do these different lifts consist of? I see there's squat, bench, deadlift. Um, maybe one of you could tell our listeners how these operate. Okay, well, uh, uh, also I'm not a professional. Um, <laughs> I am uh, being coached by a certified USPA coach. His name is Martin Oliveira. And um, he's actually, he actually prepped me for my last meet. Um, and the squat that you do is a barbell, and you put that on your upper back. And it's just like when you do a, um, an exercise like uh, up and down motion, up and down sitting motion. So you have a kettlebell or a weight in your hand, and you go up and down and you sit, but you have a barbell on your back. And you add weight hmm. to that, and that's considered a squat with the proper form so you don't hunch over and hurt yourself. So mm -hmm. you always have um, a coach or somebody who um, knows the proper form instructing you on how to do that properly so you don't hurt yourself. And that's a squat. You have the bench, which is um, you're laying down on your back, also with the barbell. Um, and you can do that with dumbbells as well. If you can't hold a long barbell, which usually weighs about 45 pounds, there are other barbells that weigh less, 25 pounds, um, I think there's a 35 pound barbell uh, that you can use as well, but in powerlifting, say in a meet, and what we work with is a 45 pound barbell. And you lay on your back, and it's like, I guess you can say an upside down push-up. 
That's how I, I would. That's yeah, how I would. Good way to say it. Would would really it's a say that's on a rack. Exactly, it's mm-hmm. on a rack, and you're doing an upside down push up. I would say you're on your back, and you're pushing the barbell from your chest up to a straight position, and you add weight to that as well. And you use um, your legs for leg drive if you need to push the barbell up. Uh, a deadlift also with a barbell, and that's from the ground. So you're in either a standing position. There's two forms, there's a sumo deadlift and there's a conventional deadlift. Mm-hmm. I don't pull sumo, so I can't really say 100% on how to do that exact, but it's a different form. You're standing with your legs spread out apart, kind of like you're doing a jumping jack almost, your legs are separated out and you're going into a lowered position to lift the barbell off the ground. Uh, a conventional is you're standing with your feet maybe about two feet apart or so, and you're pulling from the ground, mm -hmm, from the ground, and you add weight to that 45-pound barbell. It's laying straight down, and it's dead weight. So it's Mm -hmm. called deadlift. (laughs) And you pull that from the ground up to a standing position, and you hold that, and that is a deadlift. (laughs) Thank you. So there's... More to be known online, openpowerlifting.com is one place our listeners can go to ladies lift. to see like statistics on the demographics about powerlifting. And then there's oldladieslift.com. And Karen also directed me to some YouTube videos, and I was just awestruck. When I saw these, I was just blown away. Well, what... What do you feel powerlifting does for you as an individual? Okay. So I've been at this about 10 months. I actually started, walked into the powerlifting gym last July. And so, I don't know, so we're almost a year at it. And for me, I did my first competition in May, May 4th. The videos that you saw on YouTube is the Old Ladies Lift um, channel. I guess it's called, you know, again, not, not a internet whiz here. Um, Old Ladies Lift channel, you can see tons of videos of women, men, uh, there are folks who have uh, physical challenges. Hmm. There's a video out there, I've seen it on Instagram, I'm quite sure it's somewhere on uh, YouTube, of a woman who has actually has MS, who when she gets hot and tired can't walk, but the video shows her husband picking her up, husband or trainer, maybe he's both. Uh, picking her up and walking her to the platform. She lifts sumo, so she he helps her get her feet staked out and with her toes pointing kind of out at a 45-degree angle. And she picks up that bar, and I wish I could say how much was on the bar. I don't know what the weight was, but it was significant amount of weight. She does that lift. She puts that bar down, and he picks her up and takes her off the platform. And I've seen other people who are differently abled uh, who... Um, also lift. So I think that to answer your question, sort of in a roundabout way, personally what powerlifting did for me was strengthen my body. I um, have, it's, it's hard to describe exactly, but posture, I haven't been to the chiropractor, my neck hasn't been out, my hip hasn't been out, I don't have, people, so many people said to me, my mother, my 87 year old mother included, you're going to hurt yourself, <laughs> you're going to hurt your back, because she looked at my video and just said, oh, that look on your face that you're making, <laughs> you know, because you make a face because it's happy, right, mm-hmm. but 
when you have a good coach, and I have a, a USBA certified coach as well, uh, his name is Gary Machado, and Christine and I both have awesome coaches, and they make sure that we have correct form, that we're doing that lift correctly and properly, that we are doing progressive loading, so you don't walk up and start out deadlifting 200 pounds. Mm. That's, that is how you actually get hurt. So when you, again, follow the rules, follow the guidelines, follow the training that you're given, and I think this is right, it's called progressive overloading, right, or progressive loading. So, so anytime either one of us goes to do a deadlift workout, we will do a warm-up first, warm up all our muscles using resistance bands and make sure everything's nice and warm. And then you'll go to the deadlift platform and you will start mostly, I, we probably don't start with the bar anymore. When we very, very first began, we would start just with the bar, a uh, 45 pound bar. Now I think we probably both start around 85, 95, 115, somewhere like that. Uh, so you load a little bit of weight on the bar and you do like six repetitions just to kind of begin to get into it. And then you add, uh, there's a formula, which, sorry Gary, I wish I could remember the formula. It's 10%. He writes that I do it. Right, I just, yeah. <laughs> right, it's 10% plus 10, I don't know, right. something like that. Anyway, there's a formula. And um, so you add, usually it's around 10 or 15 pounds, 20 at the most, I think. And then you do five repetitions. And so you, that's what I mean by progressive overload. And then in a minute, you're up to within about 15 pounds of your working weight for that day. So maybe your working weight for that day is going to be 200. And you're going to do four sets of four at 200, which for me would be somewhere around 84, 85, maybe 89% of my maximum. Right at the moment, because mm -hmm. my maximum is 260. My what they call my one rep max is 260. What's yours? Uh, 315. Okay, so 315. <laughs> so you want to work. You're working. We're working usually around 70 percent, 80 percent, and working up to building. So that's how sort of how it works in the gym when you're doing your workouts. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with squat. My, uh, my one rep max right now is 170. What's yours? Uh, 210. 210. See, she's so strong. Um, same thing. You start, uh, usually when I start a warm-up for a squat, I start with the bar. And then I add, you know, 10, 15 pounds. And then you work up to whatever your working weight is. So Monday, oh. What are you doing today? Well, today I did bench. Okay. So today, I, I, when I do bench, I start with the bar. And then I go up just 10 pounds. And so I start with the bar, I do six. I add 10 pounds, I do four. I add another 10 or 15 pounds. And then I do three, and then I add a little bit more. My working weight today was 90. So I did four sets of four uh, bench. And then um, I added uh, plus or minus. It, also, by the way, you know, I've got my workout that my trainer has given me, but based on how you feel each day, sometimes you, it's plus or minus 3%, always. So he'll say, you're going to do 80, I don't know, 85% today, but if you're not feeling it, 3% less. So once you've done your main working set and you've got your next one, which you go up 5% or less, again, it feels, it, it's always by feel. So then, so then today I did four sets of four at 90, and then I went up to 95. My one rep max on bench is 105. So in this training cycle, I'm working on building my bench. 
105 as well. Yeah, bench is the most technical uh, lift of all, I think, and also the probably the most challenging for women, mm -hmm. especially when you start late. I mean, you can yeah. you will you will go online and see some of these gals that have started younger and trained harder, maybe, or are genetically gifted. I don't know mm -hmm. that can bench amazing amounts of weight, two, three hundred pounds. It's amazing. It is. Yeah, it is. it's truly inspiring. Uh, that would not ever be me. I'd be happy to get to I don't know 130 maybe. That would be awesome. It's a plate. <laughs> it's just, another, it's just another plate on the bar. But, you know, we work up to it. Um, so that's, I have no idea what question you asked me, but that's what I ended up telling you. <laughs> you know, how, how powerlifting works. Because mm -hmm. I think when someone walks into this gym, and this is a very nice gym, and Christina said it early on, I really want to stress the environment here. I think if you haven't been in a gym environment, where there's a lot of machines and a lot of people with weights behind clanging and banging, which you can find, you can find that at some of the large commercial gyms as well. It's intimidating when you walk into the weight room. It can be intimidating when you walk in because the clanging, the loud music, and all that. But here's the thing: the the people in there are always nice. There's a culture in powerlifting. And I don't know this because I've been there, but I know this because I read it online because I'm on these Facebook pages with these girls that live all over the world and, uh, you know, Instagram and all these different things. And they universally say that the environment is supportive mm -hmm. and people are helpful. And hardly a day goes by when I'm here. My trainer isn't always with me. He's just a text away, but they'll, I'll have a question about a bar. So... This is this funny shape bar. How much does it weigh? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I do now. I wrote it down, but I didn't know two days ago. So someone's here and they know. And it's always not like annoying, like, oh, geez, lady. No, it's always like super friendly and super um, supportive that way. You want to talk about that too? Um, I agree. In, in going back to when we first opened this gym, yeah. um, one of the main reasons that, well, my husband's a big, big person on the gym. He loves the exercise of sport in every which way. Um, but a big thing for us is a reason, another reason why we became part of old school. And there, um, it's actually three locations, one in Texas and one here in Vacaville, um, is the atmosphere. I wanted a place where not only men can train, but a supportive place where women can train and not feel like they're being stared at constantly. Hmm. Feel like they can't wear a certain pair of shorts because they'll feel so uncomfortable that they won't want to exercise. We wanted a place where you can wear what you want, you can work out with everybody else and not feel like um, anybody's judging you. You can feel comfortable in your own skin and um, work out just like everybody else, lift like everybody else, and know that there's always, like Karen said, the support of everybody in the gym. <laughs> it's funny because people will stop doing what their workout that they're doing and come over and help you and watch what you're doing, help you load your bar, and then go back to their workout and they're happy to do it. Mm. You know, it's a very supportive sport. Um, everybody cheers you on, even when you're getting ready for a meet, um, you're doing your lifts to prep for the meet, your final lifts. Everybody stops, they come and watch, and they cheer you on, and they, mm -hmm. you know, they want you to get that lift. They, they stand there and they just, they scream at the top of their lungs, 
just to help you out, you know, and, and that's what we like. And that's something that um, Old School Iron stands for, is the support and the unity. It's kind of like a family. So, uh, like Karen said, it's just stepping through the doors. Coming in and trying it. Because just hearing about it, it scares people off. Hmm. They think, oh no, that's just for guys, not for women. But it's for women of any age, of any age. Yeah, I'm keen to know more about the competitions and the meets. Would someone like to address that topic? Sure. Let me say one more thing. Because uh, Old School Iron is absolutely committed to introducing women and uh, and just sort of spreading the love <laughs> of it, there's a, there's a day set aside in July. It's the... Uh, July 13th. July 13th from 9 to 4. It's 100% free for any woman who wants to come, any age, any ability, anything. To come and spend time with women. It's all, it's all women. The whole gym will be closed. It'll just be women. And there's the one of the owners and gals that trains at. Uh, she's also a main official. Is coming from the Vacaville Old School, and she'll be leading it. Christina and I'll be there assisting her, and it's going to be super fun and super cash. And there'll be a chance to play with the bars and stuff. And ask questions because women women's metabolism factors into their lifting and their abilities. Sometimes um, there are women who are pregnant who lift, mm. uh, women who are older who lift. I mean, it's just going to be a, a very fine, very fine day, July thirteenth from nine to three here at the gym, and it's free. So great, yeah. We want people to know Good. about that. Let's see the meat. You ask about yes. meats. So. I think what I want to say about that is I started and the people were cheering for me like Christina said. I never in my life, in all of my, at that time, 65 years, never competed in an organized sport. Never won anything, never done anything like that. And so when I was new and I was just learning technique and learning what I could do, I would, I remember so clearly the day that I deadlifted 200. I mean... <laughs> Someone was videotaping, and there were two or three different guys standing there cheering me on. You can hear it on the video, cheering me on. You got this, Karen. Come on. Come on. You know, it's, it's amazing what that will do for you. Mm -hmm. It will actually help you lift the it bar, will. you know. It um, it's, it's just a really a peak experience. So once I got to the point where I was um, sort of, I had established a one rep max, by about four or five months into it of learning. And then uh, this gym scheduled a competition, which we refer to as a meet. And that meet was on May 4th. And so to me, as a newbie, I was like, everybody's like, are you gonna do the meet? I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't think so. I don't know, well, maybe. And then time to sign up, so I signed up. And I'm like, but I'm giving myself an out. Four weeks, I'm gonna call it on four weeks out, because then I can get my money back. So I went ahead and I signed up, and got my coach online, and I started working out. But as, it, as I got, as I progressed into the training, it became so obvious to me that I was gonna do it. Um, so I think the, the point for me about that is not so much about competing, although that is super fun, is about the focus that it gives my training. So when I am getting ready for a meet, everything about the time I spend at the gym is very focused. 
and it's and it's uh, I'm motivated in a way that I might not otherwise be because you know I worked out for 10 years and I did go to the gym two or three times a week meet with my trainer and go on my own but there were other times when it would last like I would get busy with something else that doesn't really happen so much with this I really stay focused and I like that I like that very much okay so um, when we say we have a coach what the coach does for us is give us our training. So that's all in a, in a format that we can follow. And it's questions and answers and you know helping out. But when the competition day comes, it also, your coach becomes your handler. Hmm. So because it's such a, it's because of, it, you're lifting such heavy things, you have to be very focused and very ready. You know, your body has to be hydrated and you have to um, eat throughout the day because the meet starts at nine. The first event is squat. So there's nine lifts for every lifter throughout the day. Three for squat, three for bench. They call them attempts. Three attempts on bench and three attempts on deadlift. The day that we had the meet here, there were 60 lifters. Wow. And it's categorized I'm not sure I'm totally clear on this, but it's by how much weight you're lifting because the loaders that load the bars, mm -hmm. so to make that uh, sort of flow, mm -hmm. um, age, uh, I, don't, I don't know if age has anything to do with it, is it, is it just weight? Um, when, you first start the, when you first start the meet, everybody's separated by um, age and weight class. So the day before, mm -hmm. in the morning, uh, you come in and you get weighed in. And you make weight for the category you're going to compete in, and then they have you separated that way. Hmm. Um, once the meet starts, um, the same day of weigh-in, you give them your first attempt. The, what you're going to lift for squat, your very first bench and your deadlift. And then they set the lineup by the weight. Hmm. Um, they can add, they cannot take off weight. So they start with whatever, let's say the lowest attempt is, and they go up from there. Hmm. And everybody's mixed together then by age and weight class. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't matter at that point. Um, by second attempt, they separate you by, again, by weight. So you could have started the round, the first attempt. By the second round, you may be going fourth, fifth, mm -hmm. or last because your lift may be heavier the next time around. So that's how they'll separate you that way. So lo and behold, my first meet, and I'm looking at it, and what, based on what I know, I think I'm going at the end of the women, right? because I've never done this before. And we're standing there and we're getting ready and I've got my belt on and people are lined up and we know the women go first. And one of the, uh, one of the guys, because there were about six or eight people from this gym that competed that day. And one of the guys from behind me, there's big screen here and big screen there so you can see the statistics and the whole thing. And a guy behind me says, it was Sonder, he says, Karen, you're up first. I turn around I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> and my trainer, he's like, you're first. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just, no. Best way to start a meet, you go and first. And that, that was the exact next thought. I went, oh well, sure, why not? And so I went first. And that, and I started, I think my opener was 140, I think. So that was the starting weight for the day. And it hmm. went from there. Yeah. Um, it's super fun. I don't know if anybody ever listening to this will catch the enthusiasm that we have for it, but it is really a hoot. And anybody who even thinks they might be half a little bit interested, 
come try it because we're here and they also do boot camps here at this gym so it's boot camps I think is kind of a gateway um, activity because mm -hmm. like then okay everybody knows like boot camp you're doing you know push-ups and you know sprints and all these different things that they do and then you're in the environment doing something that you already know how to do and you know it kind of gets you accustomed to it and then there's a little bit of lifting and it's just a super fun thing and it's um, there's some actual real health benefits. I wanted to make sure we talk about that. Um, there's, a, there's a thing called uh, sarcopenia, which is uh, a muscle loss. Oh. And then there's osteopenia, which is bone loss, right? Mm -hmm. So any impact, again, not a medical person speaking from what I've read and what, how I understand it, but any sort of, of the impact, every, I think everybody probably knows if you read AARP or the internet or Menesto B, that any kind of walking, running uh, helps your bones. Lifting, same thing. But it also really makes a difference with muscles. So sarcopenia is muscle loss. And, and I think the statistic is that after the age of 40, we start losing muscle hmm. at an alarming rate, oh. like 5% a year assuming you do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. So with powerlifting, because, and even with weightlifting, so like, you know, even with weightlifting, it makes a difference to use those muscles. The difference with powerlifting is that you're using all the little muscles that surround your joints, that support your joints and your big muscles, mm -hmm. and it makes you stronger, and it prevents muscle loss, and it prevents bone loss. And that is a significant thing. So functionally, what does that do? Well, that makes a difference with, uh, as you age, balance is important, mm -hmm. and uh, stability and strength. Just being able to um, stand up from a chair without pushing yourself up is a thing. I have a cousin who started working out when the first time she went to the gym, I think the trainer asked her to step up on a, on a, one of those um, steps just to kind of, with maybe like five pound weights in her hand or something like that. She completely, she was only in her forties at the time. She completely lost her balance, but she had never worked out before. And now she can do that and so much more. So there are some real functional health benefits. This is Women of the Valley on KCBP Community Radio, 95.5 FM, and streaming at kcbpradio.org. Today, I'm talking with Karen Hurley and Christina Cobedo. We are at Old School Iron at 304 McHenry in Modesto. School is spelled S-K-O-O-L. Stay tuned for more of our conversation. I don't know if there's any statistics that are uh, out there. I couldn't really find anything other than this one thing I want to share about women in powerlifting. I do know from the open source, the open, open, openpowerlifting.com site, that in all of the age brackets from what youth, youth lift all the yeah. way up to What's the oldest? Is it like 80 or something? Or is it, it, it is. I think uh, 80, 84. 84 maybe? Yeah. So in all the age brackets, there are more, let's just talk about women, more women. The largest, largest grow, growth in powerlifting is in the 30 to 50 range. And what makes that important is that right now, 
it's about 50-50 men and women in that age bracket. And and think about just think about the the social impact of that as those people age from starting that then. So you know, I'm a big um, proponent of it for those reasons. Being 66, I'm sort of looking, thinking, hmm, right? I need to keep keep it going on here. And if oh gosh, what if I had started at 30 or 50 or even 40? Hmm. That would be amazing. So um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could talk about that a long time, Good. but I'm going to stop now. <laughs> yeah, I read on your profile, I guess, that nothing helps you sleep more than being tired from powerlifting, and then the emotional benefits are also significant. You know, it must be a great way to deal with, with stress, anxiety, just the normal you know, wear and tear of your, your day. Would one of you like to speak about that? Um, going back to health benefits, me personally, um, I have uh, I have an immunity deficiency, and my immune system is is not very strong. It's weak, so I tend to get sick faster. I um, get tired very easy. I was to a point where it was hard for me to open a water bottle. I couldn't um, do a lot of things. And back in when we first moved Stanislaus here to old school. I was out of the gym um, for a good two and a half months. When I came back and started training, we had a meet coming up. So I wasn't sure if I was going to do the meet because I only had five weeks to get ready. Normally, a cycle is between 12 to 15 weeks mm. to prepare for a meet. I had five weeks, six weeks to get ready. Um, and I wasn't sure I could do it. I didn't feel strong enough, but I had the support here at the gym, I have a great coach, and I was able to train and get ready and fail and get up and keep going and still do the meet. And whether I did well or didn't do well, it, it, it was a great atmosphere to do it in. And I was happy I did. And that's one thing I talked to Karen about when I came back. And even when I first met Karen, <laughs> um, about a year ago, year and a half Almost ago. Almost a year ago. A year yeah. ago and um, it was cute. We'd bounce a lot of things off each other. She'd ask me questions. I'd ask her some questions. We'd sit and we'd chit-chat for a while. And, and then Karen came around to our side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> she came over. I got the fever. She did. And when she first started, I remember, she would say, you know, I need a trainer all the time. I need somebody to guide me, to be with me all the time, tell me what I need to do, and to be right here next to me. If you look at her now, she puts her headphones in, she comes in on her own, yeah. she knows what to do, and she starts her training. You know? And that built from there. That built from there. And it's an awesome thing to see. When you see somebody who starts that way and knows they can grow in that aspect, it's awesome to see. Especially women. Yeah. You know, we can ask each other everything and it's just great support. It's great support. Yeah, women, their empowerment and the fact that you're empowering each other is just a huge part of this in my you know, outsider's opinion. I just think it's marvelous. As you said, women can do what men can do. And I'm so happy to hear that, especially in the, what did you say, 30 to 50-year-old age bracket, um, it's equally men and women. That's so great. Now, I'm also curious about the personal record um, maybe you both want to talk about what your personal records are, and I'm also curious about how 
how those change, you know, who has to be there to witness it, or how exactly, I mean, how does that work? Mm. So personal record for me is the same as a one red max. Um, what makes it different, those numbers I gave you before, mm -hmm. uh, bench uh, 105, well, it's 104 point something, because when you do a meat, it's in kilos. So the kilo to pound conversion is a little different. So in kilos, it's 104.9, I think, or something. In pounds, it's 105. Uh, the squat was 170. Uh, that was a new PR for me on meat day. Mm -hmm. So Christina said, you, you practice your opener. So mm -hmm. I opened with 140. Your opener for the day is something you can do in your sleep. You know you can do it. You've done it a million times. You do it. Because your lift is judged technically by how deep you squat, whether or not you follow the commands. So you pick up the bar. You have a minute to get. So, so when the judge says platform ready, you have a minute to get to the bar and get it up hmm. off the rack. From that point, you've got about as much time as you need I mean, nobody does, but if it took you 10 minutes to figure out how to squat it, I guess you could do that. It doesn't. Usually it takes very little time. But um, you squat the bar. You, you squat the bar. The jet, when you've got the bar um, on your shoulders and you're stable, you've got control of it, then the, the front judge will say squat, and you squat, and then you come back up, and you wait. And when you again have control of the bar at the top of the squat, the judge will say rack, and then you rack it. So if you miss any of those cues, or you don't go deep enough, you don't get three white lights. That's what you're going for every single attempt of the nine. So you could do the lift. I know Christina has done this. You could do the lift and uh, miss it on a technical uh, error. So maybe you missed the command, you jumped the command, or you didn't go quite deep enough on one side, maybe because sometimes people are a little lopsided. So you could do the lift of this amazing new PR. So for me, if I were in that situation, I would still claim the PR, but it wouldn't be official. I see. So the day that I competed, uh, I set two new PRs, but what also happened that day was I also set state records. Ooh. So there are uh, four new California state records in my age cohort and my weight. So it's all by age and weight. The thing of it is, not to take anything away from the accomplishment, there was no record before. It was blank. So there, there had never been a woman my age, my size, that had competed. She may have competed, but didn't go for the record. Because again, it's a sport, it's official, you're gonna be judged, those statistics are gonna go somewhere. You have to say, before you do the lift, you're going for the state record, right? Mm -hmm. So we, figured that out like a minute before, like the day before really, we went to the weigh-in and one of the officials said, you know, I don't think there's any records in your age and weight class. You might think about, or you might take a look at that. Mm. So right then we knew I was going for state records. Mm. So what happens is you do the lift and then they inspect your gear to make sure that you're not wearing any extra gear to help you. Oh. So the you have to wear a singlet. The singlet is a one, like a, like a like a onesie, honestly. Think of a onesie um, in a black um, stretchy pattern. Of some sort yeah, like a wrestling outfit. Yeah, like a wrestling um, hmm. thing. Um, and a belt. So those can't in any way be extra tight. You have to wear, you can't wear certain thing, undergarments that might give you more support. Hmm. So they, they don't check your underwear. I mean, they do the day before, but <laughs> at the meet, after you complete the lift, they check your belt. They check your singlet, 
and then they, and then the lift is official. Hmm. So a PR is a personal record. You can do a PR any day of the week, right? And to me, that's just as official as anything. Mm -hmm. But if you're not going to bet a meet in a competition, then um, what matters is the state record. I mean, I don't think they much care about your PRs in a meet. I mean, you could yeah. say that you have accomplished that, but it doesn't have any significance other than for you, mm -hmm. which is the thing. That's fine. Um, but that's the distinction there between those two things. Yeah. And how about um, your accomplishments as far as PR and, and records? Um, for myself, I don't have any state records in my age group and weight class. There are so many strong women. <laughs> so many strong women in that weight class. It's hard to, um, to achieve a record. But as far as PRs, um, I have my very first meet my uh, my squat was 205 Goodness. this current meet i did 210 so it was five pound pr for my bench uh, it was 99 pounds the first 105 for this one so there's another pr and then for deadlift i did 275 pounds my first meet and then this one i got 315. Mm. so yes. it was it was it was, a, it was an overall good day. No records, but good PRs, and um, so that's where I am now. What is the highest level of competition? I don't even know if this is an Olympic sport, or you know, are there international meets that you're aware of? There's international. There are, um, there was just a big meet, was it in Chicago or Ohio, that called the Arnold and that's a big meet in powerlifting. There are Olympic sports, but I don't think powerlifting, I think there are other, like you were asking us about the clean and snatch and there's an overhead press. The Olympics is a little different and I honestly couldn't tell you what um, what that is. I, I don't know, but there are... <laughs> like the Kern is a big one for... The Kern is another big one for powerlifters that is a national. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every country has their federations and their nations. And is there a world? There probably is, but I couldn't name it right mm -hmm. now. Um, it's a real sport with mm -hmm. a real history uh, that you could... There, I was gonna, I'm going to send you a link to uh, this website that I found the other night that talks about the history of powerlifting, really, mm -hmm. and how it began and how it progressed. A little bit about how women came into it, mm -hmm. not so much, but I can tell you from my reading that women have been lifting since the 1800s. So it isn't like women are really new to it, it's mm -hmm. just like everything socially, with the social changes that we have, women have more access to things in a higher profile way. Mm -hmm. Um, for all the different reasons, we're not going to talk about that necessarily today, but um, women have been powerlifting for forever. Good. Forever. Good. Yeah, you bet, for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, you mentioned children. Okay. Um, you know, how, how would that work? Okay. I went to a meet. So whenever I was working on my process of whether or not I was going to do a meet, one of the things I had to do was actually go to one and see how it went. So I have family in Bakersfield. I went to Bakersfield uh, to a gym there. They had a meet in February. There was a girl who was, I want to say nine, and they don't compete, but they, they think they call them guest lifters. Mm -hmm. They get to lift. And um, 
So I wish I could tell you how much weight she lifted. It wasn't a lot, but for a nine-year-old, it was a lot. Um, so the children do, and there are classes for juniors starting at, I want to say 16 maybe? I think it's right at 14. 14, right, uh, that are official record setting uh -huh. kinds of things. Um, but children, I mean, again, if you go look on powerlifting sites, hmm. there's kids out there doing it too. It's, it's like, uh, I'm probably in a little bit of an echo chamber about it right now because I'm so into it and I'm looking at a lot of Facebook and Instagram and like with anything that you are interested in, you start looking at it and you start thinking everybody's into it. I know everybody's not and I know that because about a minute before I found it, I was never thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So I understand it's not a thing that everybody's thinking about. Um, that being said, it's something that is worthy of consideration yeah. as a sport, as a lifestyle choice for exercise, mm -hmm. as a way to um, be strong in your life. Women use it um, to overcome uh, trauma. Oh. Uh, women who have had, um, I don't know, domestic violence and sexual trauma use powerlifting mm -hmm. to get their power back and to uh, work through some of those issues. So it's, it is a thing that is accessible in Modesto here at Old School Iron. Do you, by, right off the top, have the hours of the gym? They open, we open at 7. We open at 7. Uh, it is 7 to 9, Monday through Friday, and on the weekends, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. So that is accessible. Uh, there's somebody here all the time. Um, and uh, I don't know, I guess that's, that's one of the messages I, I really want to put out there. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> well, another question I saw, equipped or raw, what does that mean? Um, raw is when you are um, doing your lifts in, um, let's say, knee sleeves. You are allowed to use knee sleeves over your knees, and it helps you when you do your squats. I see. Um, you're able to use wrist wraps hmm. and a belt and your normal singlet. Equipped is when you use, um, it is, it's geared, it's a geared singlet that is, um, has more compression, and um, you also use, instead of a knee sleeve, you use um, knee wraps, so it's kind of like an ace bandage in, mm. in a way, mm -hmm. but it's a lot tighter, and you're wrapped really tight. It's even hard to walk. Mm -hmm. And the outfit that you wear, even when you bend, you can't even put your arms down. Really. Or bend your legs. They, no. they waddle yeah, out like on like sticks. Yeah, and then um, and it's an equipped gear, hmm. so it's a different category than raw. Raw is more, um, I would say... What the normal is around here? Uh, well, I think I, I, I think you get into equipped when you're lifting huge amounts of weight because right, you need the extra support. Right, you're more advanced. You're in a different category, yeah. I would say. Well, then you're. How much could an equipped woman move a lot of weight? A lot. I would say a squat, maybe over five hundred pounds. Oh my goodness! Mm -hmm. Oh. When I was in Bakersfield, I, at that meet, there was a woman there who was in her, I think her 60s. She was around my age, give or take, and she was equipped for bench, and I think, and for squat. 
and uh, she must have benched around 300. I can look it up or you know find something for you and get, send you some numbers that way, but it's a lot of weight. It's something I would never, never conceive of. Uh, but uh, obviously she'd been at it for a while. Mm, right. So I, I think that's, unless you're like genetically gifted, yeah. but I think it really, uh, lifting heavy amounts of weight comes with years of dedication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, I, I don't want to take away from the lifter as far as being equipped, mm -mm. the equipped, the gear help, but all that strength is from that lifter. Sure. <laughs> it's completely from the lifter. And that's just a little, just like raw, the knee sleeves or the wrist wrap give that little extra help, support that they need, the belt, the support that they need. Um, and same as equipped because they're just going, they're just way more advanced. Your level of confidence, your attitude, how does that play into what you're able to accomplish? I um, am a pretty confident person. I mean, I have a fair amount of accomplishment in other areas of life. Um, what I like about this, what this did was, um, I, you and I talked about this a little bit, Linda, when we were prepping for this interview. At the age of 65, there's a, there's a kind of a choice point where you can say, well, you know, I've done all this, that's enough, and let down or you can look for the next challenge. So why not try something new? So what this did for me was it took me all the way down to, again, a beginner, a beginner, like a know nothing, like I knew nothing. I mean, I don't even know how to tell you how many tears I shed in the first three months over that, that, that thing that you go through when you start at something new and you feel vulnerable. And that's really a bad state for me. <laughs> Maybe it is for everybody, but I would um, just cry because I didn't know. And I was kind of scared because it's heavy and I wasn't, I hadn't done it before and I didn't know if I could. And I had a lot of support. Nobody forced me or encouraged me to do anything I was not prepared to do. But I, that was just part of my process to go through it. So now um, I think that that is an amazing opportunity for a person in their 60s mm. to try something new. It could be anything for anybody, you know, it could be all kinds of things. For me, it ended up being this, um, and I really value that. So there's a confidence that I have now that's a kind of, oh man, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a, Oh, I don't know how to describe it. It's, I'm focused in a way and quieter and um, I don't know. It's like some kind of whole body thing. I haven't really sorted out how to talk about it yet, mm -hmm. but there is a there is a value emotionally. I think part of it is like um, we talked about, we mentioned earlier, working hard physically and sleeping well. Mm -hmm. You know, sleeping well at my age and up is a thing oh, yeah. for a lot of people. Yes. And getting good sleep makes you... Uh, emotionally mm -hmm. calmer, uh, you know, in the daytime. So, I mean, all of that. Great. Uh, for myself, um, confidence was a big, uh, a big thing for me. I have, I have three kids at home, and um, talking, it, it may, it may not relate to other women, but as a mom, um, and having three kids, nothing's the way it used to be. You know, you're not as confident as you were before you had children. You could, you know, step into a room or go here, go there, do the things you, you did, and you were fine, you were confident, you were strong, you were everything. And 
for me, when I became a mom, I got busier, things changed, my body changed, my confidence changed. I felt, well, I'm a mom now, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, you know, I didn't wear shorts for a very long time. Uh, going maybe a little over eight years, mm -hmm. I didn't put shorts on um, until I started working out. And my kids tell me, there is such a big change. You're more confident, you're, you're stronger, you know? And my daughter told me the other day, she said, mom, You've been to all my volleyball tournaments. You've, you've been there. You've seen everything. Now it's our turn to come and support you. <laughs> so they're out at my meets there. They're cheering me on. And, and it's just, it, it's great. It just makes you feel better about yourself, you know. And it, it's a supporting thing as far as um, bringing out more moms. I'd love to see more moms out here. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see them feel good about themselves in their own skin. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be... I hate to say it, but like a skinny model person in spandex and a little crop top in here showing off your, your stomach and everything else to do the exercise. You mm. come in comfortable how you are, how you feel your best. You lift and you work out and you feel good about yourself. And that's a big thing. And um, we are affiliated with another organization called um, Girls Who Power Lift. Oh. And they are a big advocate on... Um, on women, you know, the support of women, women lifting, women supporting each other instead of knocking each other down and looking at each other like, no, you shouldn't be here. It's the complete opposite. It's please come in, join us, and you know, feel supported by everybody else. And um, that's uh, that's what's helped me in everything. Well, that is really inspiring. Thank you. On um, on your post. Karen, I yeah. read, uh, what would you tell women just beginning this journey? And I loved what you wrote. Are you going to read it? Could you? <laughs> okay. Um, so this is a little bio that's on oldladieslift.com, and they ask us these certain questions. So what would you tell women just beginning this journey? And this is what I said. If you don't feel it at first and you want it, fake it till you make it. Don't give up. Don't be intimidated by not knowing learn good technique, and have fun. I can tell you that it is possible to cry and lift at the same time. It's just emotions. It's like a weather system. It will pass. And that is so true for me. That is so true for me, yeah. And what would you tell women just starting out, Christine, or even considering doing something like this? Um, I would say take a chance. Uh, step through the door, take a chance, and try it out. It'll, it'll change what you, you think the gym's like. It, it's going to change just once you start and you try it out, you'll want to keep coming back. It's not only um, a physical change, it's a um, health, um, just a lifestyle change, complete lifestyle change. And you'll love it once you try it. Don't be afraid to try it. Good. Thank you. Yeah, I think... Um, Initially, when we were speaking, it was the kind of angle, try new things. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for that. And no matter what your age, go for it. Try it. And uh, you'll learn more about yourself and, and one another. So is there any last comment either of you would like to make on this? All I would want to do is remind uh, 
anyone who's listening to this, that July 13th, there's a free and open day for women only at this gym. There will be an expert uh, lifter here who's also a uh, meet official. Uh, she's awesome. She's a warm person. She's a regular person. It will be an opportunity to get access and just come find out. I think uh, anybody, any age, any ability sh who thinks they have, a if there's a little voice in the back of your head thinking, oh, I could never do that. Hmm, maybe I should try that. Yeah. You should definitely show up. <laughs> Starts at nine, goes <laughs> till four, and it'll be fun. And if you miss that day, if you're like on vacation, any day of the week, come down here between seven and nine, nine and there'll be somebody here to uh, listen and walk you through it and talk. Um, I mean, why not? Well, thank you so much, Christina and Karen. It's been a real pleasure, and I've learned so much. And like, I don't know, maybe I'll try this too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> good. <laughs> Thanks. You've been listening to Women of the Valley on KCBP Community Radio, ninety-five point five FM, and online at kcbpradio.org. This has been Leah Hassett and Linda Scheller. We hope you'll catch us next time on Women of the Valley. Thanks for listening. Our music is Tin Can Trap by Chad Crouch.